Uber Saga. All right. AJ, so we have an announcement to make. Yep, absolutely. Shall I just go for it? Yep, go for it. So ladies and gentlemen, we have launched a brand new website. Visit us at www.ubersaga.com. You can get to know more about us, about about Ben, about AJ and the whole gang. Uh, you can browse through all our shows. You can get a sneak peek behind the curtain on what's cooking. You can subscribe to our newsletter and a whole lot more. So I have a real interesting question here. Okay. We don't have a web developer. So how did you roll this out, dude? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how much money did I have to blow to uh, to get this off? Well, I spent a weekend on it, basically. I found this low code platform which helped me build the whole site by myself. No developer, no nothing and yeah, a weekend and we have a website now. Oh, wow, okay. Um yep. I'm listening. You got my ear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um basically development be it a website or an application have now become so easy, right? How ChatGPT has made it easy for content writers? Well, yeah, like almost exactly like that. Well, I needed a website and I had something in mind. I was able to drag and drop a couple of boxes and yeah, Bob's Oracle. Yeah, totally. And I and I completely, I mean, I love it. I love the fact that because it's low code, we didn't have to hire somebody extra. You're able to like roll it out. It's a very interesting proposition. And um, like, what platform did you use? Like, I, I used WordPress primarily. Okay. But it's got a layer over it, I'm pretty sure, which made it yep. so much easier for you yep, to basically yep, yep. do it. Great. Okay. Very interesting because um, do you know of a um, company called OutSystems? I've seen them somewhere around the office, I guess. Like, right. So they, they do something very similar. They, they are a low-code, no-code provider. And, you know, uh, we have a company that's a neighbor of ours which works very closely with OutSystems, and I think that's where you probably have seen it. But uh, Zebia is one of the biggest uh, service providers with uh, OutSystems. Um, be very interesting to know mm-hmm. how this whole low-code, no-code approach looks and sounds from somebody who's actually using it because they're one of the premier companies in the world at this point in time. What do you say? Do you think we should give it a shot and have a conversation? Absolutely, let's do it. I am Sandeep Makwana, Managing Director of our OutSystems practice, low-code practice within Zebia. I am a product guy. Hmm. So I have background in maybe the first generation of low-code platforms or similar concepts, right? In order to deliver and build enterprise-scale applications. And as we were building applications for our customers, I came across a a company called uh, OutSystems. Right. And I saw a platform that could create really amazing, sexy mobile application in record time. Okay. And we had a very large customer that was looking to build a B2B application. And we were putting in our RFI response to that. I was able to create a use case on a mobile app in two weeks. And our response to that RFI actually was 
a partially built application. And, and it totally blew them off, right? It, it totally impressed the client. And we got our first half a million dollar project as a result of that. Wow. And uh, that was the start. And, and it showed how quickly not only could we show value to the customer, but we could build cutting edge form factors and deliver solutions to the customer in record time. But that meant you went against the standard operating. That is correct. Yep. So today you had the unit, then yes. you didn't. How did you like, how did that process go where you took this idea and you said, hey guys, let's do this? It's interesting you say that there, there were a couple of challenges. One, nobody had heard of this platform mm. and trying to sell it to an end customer was impossible. Second challenge is internally. Our leaders were not sure that this is the right platform to invest in either. Right. And the third challenge is actually recruiting the staff to actually take on this technology because they were like, what the heck is OutSystems? And I have my Java, my, my .NET. What are you going to do to my career? Yes, that's exactly what we're talking about, right? Um, hearing Sandeep talk about low-code and no-code and, and the story he just shared, which was probably 14 or 15 years ago, uh, it's almost exactly what we are going through with, with the whole AI thing, right? I think it's very interesting because even if AI is used in common language today, we kind of don't realize that the adoption rate is not there, right? We ourselves struggled with it. Or even if we do, how much do we actually use it? How much do we, do we um, give it importance? I mean, it's not just low code or from a development perspective, but now it's gone into a common man's uh, realm as well. They, they say history repeats itself. But <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to see like how um, disruptions in tech also, you know, is, is adopted in a very similar way, right? Right. I mean, it, it's interesting because companies are taking it up. Like we as an organization have, have embraced AI to a large extent. Right. I, I'd really like to know like how businesses are going to be affected, right? Um, what kind of results are those changes going to bring about? So I'm really, really interested to know how that pans out. There will be a time because of the content nature of it, within months, you will have the ability to generate low code through AI. You still need somebody to have a vision, to have an idea, right. to have an execution. That's not going to go away. Right. I found a very interesting quote online. It said, clients still don't know what they want. Our jobs are safe. Exactly. <laughs> you know? no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> that, that's quite, quite interesting. Um, I want to take two steps back, yeah. um, going back to um, low code in, in the business world as it is. Um, is it applicable to B2B from a startup environment to an enterprise application? That's a huge spectrum. Where does low code kind of fit into it? Uh, you know, in, at the end of the day, low code is just a platform, a tool right. to help you deliver technology solutions so 
what it helps you is, like you said, the creativity. It it tell it helps somebody come up with an idea and use a platform to deploy that solution quickly. And so the application is everywhere. It's it's B two B, B two C, B two E, right? Uh, startups, small and medium sized businesses, as well as enterprises. AJ, so that, that's really, really interesting because if low-code has trickled into every format of business, then I have a fundamental question here. And it goes back to you having developed our website uh, with no developers. So it begs the question for me, like, if you didn't need a developer's help in order to get our website, which is a pretty good website, I mean, don't get me wrong. So... Are web developers or developers in general even relevant today? You know, that's the question that I'm having at this juncture. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure Sandeep will have like a very interesting take on this. But me personally, I don't think so. See, the way I see it is, I mean, tech disruptions, they happen all the time. right? At some point before wheels were invented, people used to walk or ride horsebacks to get from one place to another, right? But... When engines were invented, um, a lot of people who made living by pulling carts lost their jobs. So is engine a bad thing? The way I see it is um, we as a species, we learn to adapt. And that's what makes us special, right? I mean, definitely some jobs are going to become redundant because AI will replace it. But that doesn't mean that you can completely replace the human behind it or... Is that the case? I I would say AI would replace effort, but not humans entirely. Very interesting. At Zebia, we we are one of the premier service providers for low code. The implementers, right? Got it. The guys who who come in with the technical skills, right, to to right. To, to deploy these. And so within the OutSystems works, for example, we are considered an authority. So we have a pretty strong program to take our staff through a whole life cycle. So when Mm. they come in, they come in as junior programmers and very similar to any other technology stack, there's a a technology ladder within low-code. So they can grow to be senior developers, senior architects, and then thought leaders. Right. And within that ecosystem, also OutSystems has provided a whole technical recognition, certification, because once you have those, you are that much more marketable. So something similar to like saying, I have a Microsoft certification. Exactly the same thing, yeah. And so those certifications are provided by low-code providers like OutSystems? Yes. Pardon my analogy, but as a layman, I'm, I'm just saying this. You had coders who coded in C, you had coders who coded in Python, and you have coders who code in OutSystems. It doesn't matter. It's just a a format or a toolbox that you're using in order to code. You're still an engineer. Yes, exactly right. (laughs) Right? Absolutely right. You're still an engineer. You're still a designer. You're still an architect. Right. You're still... And all those skills really come into play. Got it. Now, there's some some levels of low-code Right, where you're able to stitch together an application mm-hmm. through workflow, right, and actually have an application ready. Got it. That is a low code where you're able to just 
pull together certain blocks, right? Almost no code, but you're still pulling yes. things together and yes. putting it together yes. with logic. Yes. yes. And so you'll see a whole cross-section, you know, of, of applications there. You can do the same in OutSystems, right? It all depends how deep you want to go on the technical design level and, and, and how shallow you want to be. Right. So, so you have a lot of flexibility. That's why we love the OutSystems platform. That doesn't mean that it's the only one out there. Right. Yeah. But we feel like it for high-performance application development, this is a really, really good platform. People don't really understand because back in the day, you're growing up, oh, you have to be an engineer. Right. What does it mean to be an engineer? You have to sit and code. So it's a black screen with yes. green letters yes. on. Right? Yes. That's, that's, that's what everybody <laughs> That's how is. I remember. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. everyone assumes that, okay, that means you're an engineer. Okay, now low code. So you're not an engineer? You're still an engineer. In fact, the, the engineers make the best, uh, uh, you know, low code. You know, for us, we hire good engineers and we see the... the and applications are, are that much more better. Okay. They're better designed, they're better scalable, they're, they're, they're just better. So I believe Sandeep has answered your question, but No doubts about that. <laughs> I mean, like, he just, he just floored me with that answer, I think. So I'm just trying to think back and say, the farmers who are there who are only able to produce like X amount of grain, um, what did they see? What did they envision their futures to be? You know, that's like, the golden question. We can, in hindsight, turn back and say, oh, they could have thought this, thought that, right? But they mm. couldn't really predict what the future held from. They had no idea that they're going to lose, or most of them were going to lose their jobs. I, I remember uh, reading a very, very interesting story uh, about skyscrapers, right? Right. Up until one point, skyscrapers didn't exist. Correct. It's not like we didn't know how to build tall buildings. But people would just build about five floors and then stop. The The reason behind it is because we were not able to climb, like, say, 10 floors at a time. Right. So the invention of elevators has revolutionized the skyscraper industry. Right. So the better the elevators become over the, over time, you the know, faster, faster they, they become, larger they become, efficient and right. safer and whatnot people started building taller and taller buildings. Wow. It's, it's crazy when you think about something like that. Right? that that's, an, that's an amazing analogy. So we don't know what elevator is being built using this low-code, no-code and AI and all of that. Having said that, I'd love to pick Sandeep's brain just to understand, as somebody who was an industry leader in the no-code revolution, mm -hmm. what's that going to look like from an AI's revolution perspective? If you think about it, if, if you look at a typical product life cycle, right? The bell curve. We are very early in that life cycle. So according to the analysts, the platform market is going to be growing 4x to about $50 billion in the next four years, which means services typically 4x of that. So right. that's a $200 billion market for low code. And I believe that's still conservative, right? But we have to also be cognizant of the disruption that comes along. The good thing about platforms like OutSystems, they have a built-in future-proofing mechanism, if you think about it. Right. If OutSystems is to survive, they have to start working on disruptive technologies within itself. And they have to embrace it, and right. they have to grow with it. Would you say that low-code is the future? 
I would say low code is the future today. You know, we, we go through this disruptive, you know, technologies every few years. And we are seeing a lot of that coming in. We are seeing with the artificial intelligence, right? That's already beginning to shape. And for low code to keep up, it's got to have to start uh, taking on some of that AI into its own nature. But then 15 years ago, would we have said that uh, your high code is just going to disappear? It's not, right? There's many flavors of it, and we right. always have a need for that. But everything has to work with the new concepts. So AI is huge, and we're trying to figure out how exactly we need to leverage AI into our lives. Right? I guess at the end of the day, the way to view AI could be to say, is it something that we want to integrate with or is it something that I'm going to fight against? The the fight, you're going to lose, right? If you're <laughs> going to fight it. It's, it's pretty obvious. Right. Uh, the pace at which that entire field is growing, I can't keep up with it. It's it's very hard. I mean, it's, it's days now. Every day, there's a new challenge, a new concept, right? right? But to answer your question in the low-code space, unless it embraces AI, it's going to be, you know, it, it's going to be history, right? right. So, so, so AI is, is, is just part of our future. Wow. Strong words. I definitely don't want to be on the wrong end of that battle. <laughs> well, he's absolutely right. AI is everywhere. We all know AI can generate really good text. We have seen Midjourney create stunning images. And Adobe is making the rounds now with their Adobe Firefly AI. That's changing the way we work with visuals and video editing and whatnot. And my friend told me this very interesting tool. Uh, it's a virtual jam room. So uh, musicians can... Uh, log in from different parts of the world and jam together. Um, and if you do not have a musician for a particular instrument, AI can come and do that for you. Like, if you don't have a drummer, you can bring in an AI drummer, which, which was mind-blowing when I hear about it. So when it's embedded into our lives in that level, there's no other choice for us but to embrace it, right? It doesn't make sense for us to put all the effort. When something can do it a million times faster. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think if you're going to fight, uh, it's a lost battle. Mm -hmm. And even the way we do this, right? Mm -hmm. um, how we have kind of um, embraced technology mm -hmm. in order to help us, helps us become more efficient. Right. So what's the potential? How... How is this going to help us in the long run, in the short run? How are we going to? Because I can foresee an immense surge of content hitting the world. I mean, we're living, we're flooded with content as it is. Mm -hmm. I imagine when content is being produced by AI, the scale at which you can do it. Because ultimately, it's all about scaling. The way I see it, there's always saturations to everything. Mm. So... At one point, I think we would reach content saturation and people will start seeking out human-generated content. So we're in the right field. We are, <laughs> definitely are. And uh, I think the smart way to go about it is not 
depend on it entirely right but use its power and you know offload some of our work but i don't see it replacing humans yet well there you have it folks a very special thanks to mr sandeep makwana the managing director of zibia's loco division for taking the time in his busy schedule to talk to us and hey please check out our brand new website built with a low code platform at www.ubersaga.com drop by on social media and say hi we're on linkedin twitter instagram and youtube so just look for ubersaga you'll find us we would also love your feedback so do write to us at podcast@ubersaga.com special thanks to subash natisha and abhishek who worked tirelessly to make this episode happen special thanks to aj for putting up with me yeah i'm ben and this was sound of a startup follow us wherever you get your podcasts <laughs>